This episode of the Enhancement Talent is brought to you by the magic of the holidays. Merry Christmas from all of us at the Enhancement Talent to all of you. And a happy belated Hanukkah to Barry Horowitz. Twenty twenty one was another weird year for professional wrestling. It started in confinement, in daily centers, and thunderdomes, and it ends with mass releases and NXT looking like a Hypercolors t-shirt from 1989. But through it all, the wrestlers have still supplied us hours of great wrestling action over the last 365 days. And on this episode of the Enhancement Talent, we give you our picks for the wrestlers who stood out the most from the crowd. Join us as we give you our top 10 wrestlers of 2021. All right. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Enhancement Talent Podcast. I'm your host, the man in the rafters, the one they call Tony Lopez. With me tonight, as always, the other half of the fabulous Lopez cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez. How are you doing tonight, Bob? Doing great, sir. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great. We're using new uh, new audio recording soundtrack or software here. We're using Riverside, and it enables us to look at our pretty little mugs here while we're recording. <sighs> this is only au- this is audio episode. only, so that's right. It's audio only, so uh, you know, only the three of us can see our our sexy faces. The other one. You guys are just uh, going to see our or listen to our smoky, sexy voices. That's the, you know, that's the benefit e- of being the the uh, the hosts. We get to look at each other. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Well, with us as always from beautiful Cary, Illinois, the Warsaw blonde himself, Adam Kalavik. How are you doing tonight, Adam? I'm doing good. Good to see and hear from both of you. Yeah, that's right. Well, as you guys know, it is. Christmas week officially. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday night, uh, the nineteenth, and Christmas is going to be um, six days from now. Um, any big plans for Christmas? We'll start with you, Bob. Anything around the corner, Christmas wise? No, I got to finish some shopping here and there. Um, I got to pick up some stuff for my staff at work. They're awesome, so I got to give them stuff. Um, Besides that, just uh, hanging out here and then hanging out with the family, uh, my parents. So, normal, normal Christmas like always. Um, back in the day, it used to be amazing because we used to always get together. You know that, Tony? Um, everyone's gone their own separate yeah, ways Christmas and moves Eve, around yeah. here and there. So, it's it's a lot harder. But, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. How about you guys? Yeah, how about you, Adam? Any Any big Christmas plans? Well, uh, I got to finish the work week out, uh, which I'm looking forward to very much. And then uh, I'll be hosting Christmas Eve here in the in the new digs. Uh, there's there's room for people to sit. Uh, one <laughs> two people can be in the kitchen at once. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice, nice. And Taking then, advantage of the the new palatial pad, huh? That's right. And then uh, then we'll go to my in laws on Christmas Day and uh, eat a lot. They're up in Wisconsin, guess. right? Yep. All right. 
journey in the Packer land for Christmas Day. Well, I, I think I told this before, but uh, one of the last times I was in, uh, for the benefit of new listeners, last time I was in uh, oh, the area, I had to run an errand to the store, and I had my Bears jersey on, and I was like, ah, I better change into something else. I don't want to get any flack. And then I thought to myself, what would MJF do? He'd walk <laughs> in that damn store, and he'd draw all the heat, and that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I did. And I got a lot of cross looks, and it was great. So Nice. I'm nice. happy to report that uh, my in-laws and uh, my wife's immediate family were all uh, Bear fans. You guys know I wouldn't marry a Packer fan. No, of course not. Of course not. Well, uh, we, we were talking before you signed on that um, my cousin Adam, Tony's brother, he had a, uh, a Christmas party to attend tonight, and it was an ugly sweater party, so he decided to wear a Bears jersey. Yeah, <laughs> <Atta> a boy. <laughs> Tony's brother's good people. We have the same name and the same birthday. Yeah, there you go. January 14th Adams, that's right. That's only, right. Only a few years birthday. apart. That's right. right. Yeah, that's your it. daughter too. It's an awesome day to have a birthday. Well, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Speaking of wrestling, yeah, that's right. That's his birthday too. Yeah, okay. less than a month away. You guys got your birthday coming. Uh, we won't share my age. I know your age, Adam. My age is a palindrome. <laughs> this year, that'll give you a clue. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, let's move on <clears throat> with the show. Let's uh, talk about some wrestling news here uh, for this week. Uh, the biggest wrestling news probably this week was um, the fact that Kevin Owens, who, uh, you know, his his contract with WWE was set to expire at the end of January, which set up a lot of speculation as to if and when he'll leave WWE and possibly go over to AEW, uh, reunite with, uh, quote-unquote, the Mount Rushmore uh, of wrestling. You know, he was, you know, with the elite there for, on the indies there for a long time uh, before signing with WWE in the first place. So everybody was kind of wondering if that was going to be the case. Turns out, not going to be the case. He re-signs with WWE on a multi-year deal for some big bucks. Uh, the the rumor, I mean, I, I don't know if they've officially come out with the figures, but it, from what I read online, it's somewhere in the 2 to $3 million a year uh, yep. ballpark, which, hey, good for Kevin Owens, man. That guy fucking deserves mm-hmm. it. He's been busting ass for WWE for years now. Um, he's one of those guys, a lot of people were hoping that he would go to AEW. Um, a a lot of them, um, you know, some, a lot of them, uh, AEW fans because they want, um, they want him to, uh, you know, accentuate his, uh, in-ring skills more than what they see in WWE. But, you know, hey, he. I think he made this decision more for his family because you know, hey, two million, two to three million dollars a year uh, for a good. Well, I think it was like a, a four or five year extension. That's going to set his family up for a long time. So, good for Kevin Owens on that front. I'm not, you know, I'm not begrudging him that fact. I would have loved to have seen him in AEW. 
uh, see what he could do, bring back Kevin Steen and, uh, you know, go all out as far as that goes. But when you're throwing, when you're throwing away or when you're throwing in that kind of money, I have no, no complaints. He deserves the payday. He deserves, you know, to leverage the fact that he was going to sign with AEW into a huge payday. I got nothing but respect for Kevin Owens and his decision. So good for him. Uh, Bob, how about you? What, what were your uh, thoughts when you, uh, you were heard the, the, the news that Kevin Owens had re-signed with WWE? I mean, I agree with you 100%. I, uh, the selfish part of me, the fanatic part of wrestling fan, uh, wanted to see him go to AEW just because I, I've seen the Kevin Steen from Ring of Honor, and that's what I, I miss a lot. Um, you know, I feel like the WWE doesn't use him as well as they should. Uh, so you you were hoping for that, but when you actually sit back and think about it, and I, I did read an interview where he talked about it and said, I did it for my family. Uh, I know he, he talks about his kids all the time. He's got two kids, younger, and, um, you know, to be able to set up his kids financially and everything like that, all the all the power to him, you know, great, great for him, super happy for him. He's uh, uh, I met him before, wonderful guy. Um, so he uh, he's very well deserving. And then uh, the other thing too is that you did hear that uh, rumors coming out that his best friend Sami Zayn has also resigned. Um, haven't been confirmed either, but those just recently started to pop up too. That uh, you know Sami Zayn resigned as well. So it's interesting because you you would always hope for um, you know him another one. I feel like he doesn't get the fair share that he deserves. But if if they're getting the money and they're getting paid and they're exactly where they want to be, then all the power to him. Amen to that. How about you, Adam? What was your reaction when you heard Kevin Owens resign with WWE? I was thinking about this, and his contract come come up a year ago. Do you think he would have gotten that money uh, a year ago? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, because all the stuff with AEW, you know, them mm-hmm. beating NXT in the ratings when they went to head to head, all that. It they, you know. Using AEW as leverage, which I'm sure his agent uh, and himself did, it wouldn't have had the same kind of impact a year ago that it did today. So So I think he owes uh, Tony Khan a nice card in the mail um, (laughs) just for that. Uh, And, and yeah, I I agree with you guys 100% um, taking care of his family, um, you know, making more than he probably would have made, like I said, a year ago. makes total sense and again yeah the fan and you wanted to see you know maybe what would he would have done on the other side but again the, we've been saying this uh show after show uh with with more options more competition more places to go you know the, the talent's going to benefit from it and they're the ones who put in all the hard work so yeah good on him i'm glad he got a sweet deal for himself uh and and uh, no, again nothing wrong with taking care of your family and Let's just hope, uh, you know, he continues uh, to be successful and maybe even move up the chain a little bit. That would that would be nice. But uh, I also couldn't help but think of all the guys that have been released. Uh, they probably helped make some of that money possible, too. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, he what he's making is on par with what um, I want to say Bray Wyatt was making. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, Braun Strowman was making over a million a year, too. So you never know with WWE. I mean, a few years down the road, even if he has this new contract, they could still cut him. 
You know, it's That's true. That's, con- yeah. Contracts don't mean shit to WWE. Yeah, so, I suppose. Yeah. You know, we'll see if what happens. But hey, as it is, good good for Kevin Owens. I'm really happy for him. He's one of the hardest working wrestlers out there. So, you know, if anybody deserves a big payday like this, it's it it's totally him. So. Well, it's just like regular sports, right? You just, you know, you, you take the best deal. It makes the most sense for you and your family. Uh, you collect and, you know, of course it could be taken away from you, but, you know, you get it while you can. Yeah. And that's, I mean, after Owens resigned, of course, you know, you had the IWC, the internet wrestling community going after each other on Twitter, you know, the WWE marks, mm-hmm. you know, kind of throwing it in the AEW Mark's faces, like, aha, he re-signed with us, fuck you, and, you know, the AEW Mark's going, well, I hope he, you know, I hope the money's worth it because he's getting wasted, blah, blah, blah. It's like, can't we just be happy for the guy, you know? It's like, can't we just be happy that a worker who is one of the best at his in his profession is actually getting an awesome payday, you know, instead of just fucking going at each other's throats. Fucking Not in idiots. the IWC. Huh? No. Not in the I'm IWC. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's all. Yeah. Not on Twitter. Being thrown well, back and at, forth. Look at, um, um, what's his name? Sammy Guevara. He just came out and said that him and his fiance are no longer together. Well, the internet decided, the Twitter community decided to go after Ty Conti because they're saying she's the reason and she had to go ahead and delete her Twitter account just because they're coming after her and they're talking mm-hmm. shit about her saying she's the reason these two split. It's just like so he, Sammy Guevara had to come out and be like, dude, we, we, we split up in October. This had nothing to do with anyone involved. Well, you know, just leave people the fuck alone. And it's just like it's sad when people are all up in your personal life. It's just, yeah, we, you know, we, we enjoy the sport as, as as for what it is, it's fun for us, you know, but these people are also real human beings. It's just like any sport that we watch right. and we follow, you know, it's just these people have lives, too. And it's just like, who the hell are you to get involved in it? You know, it's just like if they want to, I don't know, it's just the Twitter community is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something. <laughs> I wouldn't say fantastic. I'd say Twitter's more of a cesspool when it comes to that shit. But, you know, it's. <laughs> Oh God! It's like can't. Like I said, it's like let let the wrestlers be wrestlers. Let them do what they need to do. If they're happy where they're at, whether it's in WWE or AEW, more power to them. You know, I know there's a lot of guys who left AEW because they didn't like being in, or they they left WWE to, for AEW because they just didn't like it there anymore. Hey, that's their prerogative. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn they decided to stay. That's their prerogative too. You know, it's it, it's like these people act like they have such a vested interest in it when they the only vested interest they have is just watching the TV show, you know, so whatever. Well, well some people think, you know, oh, well, you know, they obviously are, are listening to what's going on in my brain. Why aren't they following what I'm thinking or what I want? Yeah. You know, yeah, go ahead, Bob. I, I was about to say the same thing Adam said. <laughs> yeah, it's like because we're all sitting at home, we're watching this on TV, and we're 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 all uh, bookers in our head too. And it's just like, well, you know, we're, we're the ones that should be casting these shows. They should be listening to us. Yeah. Well, we're not the bookers. 
but we should be. You know, we should be. Yes, we definitely should be. The eighteen to forty nine demographic would be through the fucking roof if we were booking this shit. Um, but anyway, that's the uh, the wrestling news section uh, for this week. Congrats to Kevin Owens on his payday, and let's move on to the task at hand, people. Let's get into our countdown here. Our countdown this week, uh, the next two weeks on the show since 2021 is wrapping up. So we're going to have um, a couple of wrap-up shows for you. This week, uh, we're going to give you our top 10 wrestlers of the year, our top 10 wrestlers of 2021, who we here at the Enhancement Town think had the best year overall. Um, and we're going to give it to you in the countdown form, as we always do. Um, 2021 was an interesting year. Um, it, You know, the beginning of the year... We saw wrestling slowly start coming out of isolation. Uh, kind of, kind of started with uh, WrestleMania um, opening itself up to the public down in Tampa. Had a live audience uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Um, and then uh, AEW started having live, you know, started touring again. WWE started touring again. Um, yeah, and business just kind of picked up where it left off and after a whole year almost or over a year of you know AEW being at the Daily Center and uh WWE being in the uh the Thunderdome <laughs> we are back to where where wrestling was and it had you know honestly it hasn't really missed a beat um shows are as awesome as always uh you know, I think th- having the the live crowd there, um, of course, uh, benefits. And these particular wrestlers that we're going to chronicle here uh, emerged from everything with the best years out of the bunch, um, at least according to to us voting. Uh, Bob, uh, we'll start with you. When it comes to 2021 and the year that it was, um, what kind of obstacles... Uh, you think these wrestlers had to endure in order to turn around and actually come out on the other end uh, as big successes as, as being seen as having, you know, a hell of a year. I mean, one of the biggest things I think was the fact of now getting people back into the arenas and filling it up. I mean, these people are used to working for a crowd and for the longest time, um, you know they've they've been doing that all their careers, and now we had the Thunderdome where you're just people's faces on televisions, um, or you had the um, AEW where they had their own wrestlers in the crowd. Um, so it's just that was one of the bi- biggest obstacles. I mean, at the end of the year last year, I remember Drew McIntyre was saying, you know, it was, it was really difficult because it was a huge change for all of us. But I was the one that wanted the title. I wanted to say, hey, let me carry this company and, and put it on my shoulders and run it. And he did. And I think a lot of those wrestlers, you know, tried to do the same. A lot of them are amazing on the mic, but you really can't do much on the mic if you don't have a live audience to respond to. Um, Some, obviously, there's a lot that are amazing in the ring. But now that, you know, like you said, everything started to open back up, you know, everyone gets to show their, their talent again. And... You know, some of them just took off a lot more. Um, 
what I liked is a lot of people were talking about on this on this episode is uh, the younger up and coming roster talent. Um, you know the, the it's not just the same old veterans that we always talk about every single every single time. It's you know you, we don't. I mean, obviously Edge came back and you know Randy Orton and stuff like that. But you, you got some younger up and t- coming talent that we got to talk about or that I put on my list, which you know I realized stood out to me the most when when it came to making this list. Nice. How about you, Adam? About the obstacles that uh, these wrestlers had to overcome as far as um, everything that happened in 2021 to have a stellar year. Yeah, I think everybody is just thrilled to be in front of an audience again. I mean, why would why why wrestle without a crowd? I mean, you had to do it, but I mean, that's what everyone what it's all about for everyone. I think the only one who's upset is uh, Billy Gunn because he doesn't get front row seats <laughs> daily plays anymore. You know, I had to go there. Yeah, um, he's he's no longer uh, AEW's Hawaiian shirt guy. No, it's it's very it's, it has to be very difficult for him. But yeah. um, <laughs> I, I, I you know over the over the months I heard countless uh, performers uh, wrestlers say how much better it is to be in front of an audience, and I mean it's uh, people I think forgot. Well, I don't know, not people like us, but casual wrestling fans forgot that how how much a great crowd can make a great match. You know, we've talked about it in in past episodes. Just you know, I I, I just love it when I'm watching Dynamite and everyone sings along to Judas. You know, eighteen thousand people singing the chorus to Judas or, or or doing the Jungle Boy song or chanting "This is awesome" or creative chants like that. You know, it just. It, it was just a night. Yep, you got it. Um, you know, it just got everybody. You know, it just that was one thing that felt normal again in a in a crazy world we've been living in in the last couple of years. You had the involvement of the people and and the cheers and and all that stuff. And it just, you know, there were great matches in the pandemic era, of course, too, because these guys are great workers no matter what. But it just, you know, unfortunately, it's. It's it's got to be disheartening to put on these great matches and only hear Billy Gunn clapping. You know that's yeah. And the Thunderdome creeped me out. I'm sorry. It was like that scene in the Matrix where where uh, he beats the creator and there's all those TVs <laughs> behind him. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. a fan of the Matrix Part Two. So, you know, um, I know everybody's happy about that. Uh, the guys on my list, I I usually go to titles. You know who had good title reigns or who had big victories who made big returns um and there was a lot of good stuff going on in that in that area too so uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of great moments and memorable matches and again it's just good you know i i actually thought to myself the other day you know unfortunately other sports are having issues with uh players getting covid and teams having to delay games and wrestling they've been able to take care of themselves pretty good so yeah that's uh that's a credit to everyone involved there too yeah well let's see how it goes i mean i know there's an uptick in cases now but according to scientists this omicron thing is uh it's a little bit easily easily more transferable but it's not as severe so hopefully things will be okay after the fact but um but yeah that being said Let's get into our top 10, boys. Let's see. According to us on the Enhancement Talent, who had the best 2021? Who was our Wrestler of the Year? 
All right. Well, like we do every week, we're going to go from 10 to 1. Uh, me, Adam, and Bob all had our own lists, and uh, we handed them in, put them all together, compiled it, and based on where each wrestler showed up on each person's list, it's assigned a point value, and that point value factors in to uh, their placement on the master list. And like every week, uh, before we get to our top pick, we will go through our honorable mentions. These honorable mentions are picks that didn't get enough points to make the top 10, but did get enough points to at least garner a mention. All right, let's start out at number 10, our number 10 wrestlers of 2021. They come in with four and a half points, and they got the four and a half points from being an honorable mention on my list. And Adam, they were your number seven. We are talking about the current AEW Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Brothers, coming in at number 10 with four and a half points. Adam, you had them at number seven on your list, so let's start with you. What you got to say about the Lucha Bros? They're just so damn entertaining. It's it's not even fair. They're just so awesome to watch in the ring. Um, again, going to the crowd response, uh, the crowd is super into them when they come out. Um like you mentioned, they're the current AEW Tag Team Champions. They dethroned the Young Bucks uh, at, uh, at All In or All Out. Was it All Out or All In? All Out. All Out. Um, and had a tremendous steel cage match with them. Got the tag titles. Uh, they've been defending the belts against FTR and some more tremendous matches. Um, whenever you need a good main event... <clears throat> On Dynamite or Rampage, it seems that they're involved like almost, you know, every other match or so. Um, they're just great together. And, of course, also uh, they wrestle in AAA. Uh, they had a very, very long reign uh, over there as tag team champions. They were dethroned by FTR, which kind of kick-started the feud between the two of them. Um, so that's that's the highest tag team I have ranked on my list just because, they, you know, they're belt holders and two different promotions and again they're just uh they're top flight team they just uh they wow the crowd whenever wherever they go uh they wrestle well with singles too when when asked to and they, they were involved in a lot of meaningful feuds uh throughout the year uh some of my favorites and again the tag team division in AEW is, is crazy good with them and and the bucks and ftr and there's all sorts of rumors the briscoe brothers are coming and if young up and coming teams, uh, tag team division is very very healthy in AEW right now, and those guys are at the top of the of the heap. So that's why I got them at number seven. Yeah, I'm just I'm salivating at the the thought of uh, the Briscoes going up against the Lucha Bros for the uh, for the tag team championships. That'd be an awesome matchup. But you know, hey, like I said, I had the the Lucha Bros as an honorable mention. Uh, but they had a great year, of course. Like I said, they're the the current AEW Tag Team Champions. They had that amazing uh, cage match with the Young Bucks at All In. Um, arguably one of the matches of the year. Um, and, you know, that I mean, Ray Phoenix, Penta, they, they give it their all. Match in, match out, you know. They 
they wrestle for other promotions, so of course they're not going to be on TV all that much. But when they do defend those championships, you you know that you're going to be in for a hell of a match. And you know, I I you know there's there's other tag teams I had that were ranked higher in my opinion, but you know, the Lucha Bros definitely definitely had a stellar year, and they have the championships to prove it. Um, how about you, Bob? You, you didn't have uh, the Lucha Bros on your list, but do uh, you have anything to chime in with them As cause since they're at uh, number 10 on our list? They barely missed my mom. Missed my list. Uh, they were right on the cutoff. I had two other teams um, above them, a little bit higher. But, um, no, they like like Adam said, they, they were so much fun to watch. I got to check out that match at All Out uh, in the cage and just um, – they're just so damn entertaining. Um, both of them, just in the ring, the ability they both have, uh, the tandem wrestling that they do together, it's just so much fun to watch. And uh, like like Adam said, they put on great matches. A lot of times they're one of the main headliners for a while. They were, you know, uh, feuding with the Young Bucks as, as the headliners. And then uh, Phoenix had, a, you know, his own match with Kenny Omega. And like Adam said, they, they do their own singles matches sometimes too. And, just they they stand out a lot, so the, they they did have a very good year. Um, like I said, I just they just barely missed my cut. Yeah, but even still, they come in at number ten on our list with four and a half points. The Lucha Brothers. All right, well, let's get to number nine on our list. Uh, hey, Bob. We didn't have a tie last time, so I'm glad it's back. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do have a tie here at number nine. Uh, Each pick coming in with five points, and um, it's kind of cool that the tie also belongs to two female wrestlers here at number nine. Um, Our first pick here, coming in at number nine, tied with five points, uh, got their points from being number seven on my list. And, Bob, you had her at number 10 on your list. Bianca Belair is our first pick here, tied at number 9 with five points. Uh, Bianca Belair had a hell of a 2021. You know, she was she held um, the SmackDown Championship there for a, long, for a while. Um, she had a, just a scintillating match with Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. That was... I th- my pick for the best match at WrestleMania, period, uh, was her match with Sasha Banks. Bianca Belair is, she's, you know, I always used to say when it came to women's wrestling, you know, it's Charlotte and Asuka and everybody else. Bianca Belair entered that entered that stratosphere and just, you know, has, has not let go since uh, coming into WWE. She's definitely um, a force to be reckoned with in that women's division. And, you know, I, I got really kind of pissed off, uh, when she, when she dropped the belt at, uh, what was it? SummerSlam to, uh, to Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch came back after being gone with having her child. And, you know, Bianca Belair has been, has had done a hell of a job holding that SmackDown championship for months, ever since, uh, WrestleMania. And, Becky Lynch comes back, and just like that, in a matter of seconds, she beats Bianca Belair for the championship. And I'm just like, you know, what the hell, man? It's like you had you had a good thing there, 
and you fucked it up. It reminds me of when uh when they jobbed out Kofi Kingston in five seconds to Brock Brock Lesnar when he came back on the first SmackDown on Fox episode. It's like, you know, what the fuck? Why are you even giving the, why are you even giving them the, the belts in the first place if you're just gonna job them out in mm-hmm. seconds to somebody else who's just coming back after being gone for months? Same situation both times. But, you know, whatever. Bianca even with that uh that unfortunate job that she had to do to, to Becky Lynch still had a stellar year um, is still in the upper echelon when it comes to women wrestlers, just a hell of a year. So yeah, that's why I had her up, uh, up, up at number seven on my list, Bob, you had uh, Bianca Belair at number 10 on your list. What do you have to say about her? Yeah, the, the, this was a year for Bianca Belair. Um, you know, PWI always does their, uh, their top 500, and they do the 150 for female wrestlers, and she was number one this year. Um, you, you mentioned the amazing match that she had with uh, with Sasha at WrestleMania, but you forgot to mention that she came in at number three in the Royal Rumble and lasted for 53 minutes yeah, that's right. in order to win that. And, and you know, her and uh, yeah, Rhea right. Ripley she were the last two, Rumble. and she, she, she defeated it, uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, lasted 53 minutes and dominated there. And like you said, uh, when she she won the uh, the belt, she defended it pretty much against everyone. You know, she was defending against Bailey and uh, Carmella and Sasha, and then Becky Lynch comes back and pretty much destroys her, derails her. Um, I felt like they kind of started pushing her back up a little bit recently with the Survivor Series when she was down four to one and she was the last woman standing. She came back and defeated the you know the the remaining girls on uh, on SmackDown, but. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like she had a hell of a year, and, uh, you know, the future's bright for Miss Bianca Belair, so nothing but uh, upwards for her, hopefully. Yep. Uh, Adam, you want anything to add with Bianca Belair? She wasn't on your list, but... Yeah, I did teeter with uh, putting her on there, and she just missed for me. Um, yeah, because I do feel, like you guys said, her momentum was kind of killed by the, the Becky Lynch thing at SummerSlam. Uh, I agree with you, Tony, that makes no freaking sense whatsoever. Um, you know, it's one thing to lose, but it's another to just, you know, look badly doing it. I mean, meaning that the match wasn't competitive. Um, obviously she had a lot of traction, a lot of steam, uh, earlier in the year. And why wouldn't you just, you know, have two great competitors put on a great match instead of having one get squashed. It didn't make sense. So, uh, but yeah, she's definitely up and coming one of the biggest names in women's wrestling today. So, uh, Yes, deserves a spot here for sure. Yeah. There we go. Tied at number nine with five points is Bianca Belair. And she is tied with another female, like I said, the current AEW women's champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, coming in at number five or with five points. Tied with number nine with Bianca Belair. She got that point she got those points from being number eight on my list and bob you had her at number nine on your list for her five points uh bob we'll start with you this time what do you have to say about Britt baker and the year she had this is another one she uh she just took off this year um you know the i feel like she's been the face of the women's division in aew this entire year uh she started off the year feuding with thunder rosa and they had that uh their feud pretty much culminated when they had the unsanctioned match um, on Dynamite, where they were the first females to main event Dynamite. 
and that match was uh, one of the pretty much up there for, for match of the year. That's how great of a match it was between those two. Um, double or nothing. She beats uh, Ikaru Shida for the women's title, becomes the, the women's champion at double or nothing. And since then, in May, she's been you know the champ and, and hasn't lost it. Uh, she beat Nyla Rose at Fighter uh, Fighter Fest. Red Velvet, she's beaten. Ruby Soho at Grand Slam, she beat. Uh, Ty Conti at Full Gear. Um, she's got a match coming up pretty soon with uh, Riho at the, um, I forgot what it is that they're calling it, where every single belt is up for, for grabs. Um, oh, the Battle of the Belts, yeah. Yeah, she, that's where she's going to defend it against uh, Rio. But um, pretty much out right now, she's one of the best, you know, female wrestlers out there and, and again she's great on the mic she's great in the ring and again the future looks bright for miss Britt baker so it's uh i'm glad that she's out in AEW and they're highlighting her talent and you know look forward to what else she brings to us yeah yeah she's had a hell of a year um like i said she's she's held the belt for a little over six months now and what really you know, goes in her favor is she's a hell of a heel champ. Just a hell of, you know, she knows how to play that heel role, you know, to the to the tilt. And, you know, I, I, I love the chemistry she still has with uh, Tony Schiavone. And now since Adam Cole is in AEW, <laughs> I love how they, how they factor that in. That's awesome. But, you know, Britt Baker, you know, she, it's weird. Like when AEW first you know, it started up and I, and I really started paying attention to Britt Baker. She didn't blow me away at first uh, with her ability, but you know, as time went on, she really, really started. Uh, I really started catching on to her and she's, and she really has excelled in her role as uh not just a champion, but as a, you know, just a top notch heel champ, you know, you know, she's got um, rebel and uh, Jamie Hayter, along with her in her little crew there. And, you know, it's just the cowardly, dastardly heel shit that you're used to seeing on the men's side. You know, she does the exact same thing, if not, you know, just a little bit better on her end. And that's what you want in a champion, especially a heel champion. And, you know, it's going to be a sad day, I think, when she drops the belt finally. But, you know... It will be cool because then you could see her just chase for that championship all over again. Um, it, you know, she has really capitalized, had really great matches. Like you said, her match with uh, Thunder Rosa is on the short list for match of the year. That was a really great match. Um, you know, she's got she's got talent and spades, man. And that's why I had her in my top 10. And that's why she's tied with Bianca Belair at number nine. Um, Adam, uh, you have anything to add when it comes to Britt Baker? The woman takes bumps on thumbtacks, man. I mean, it's yeah. nuts. Uh, <laughs> not more than once. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that match with Thunder Rosa was just amazing to me. I mean, they, they just tore the house down with that one. And, yeah, um, she's definitely the... Uh, the head of the women's division. Um, yeah, and I, uh, yeah, the Shivani thing, uh, I, I saw some sort of meme uh, for Christmas where she's sitting on Shivani's lap and he's dressed as Santa Claus and Cole is scowling <laughs> in the background. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that whole, that whole dynamic that they have too. But uh, 
but yeah, she's she's really grown in in the last year to the point. Yeah, again, it's that slow booking that you know some some people are instant gratification fans and some don't mind a slow build. You could you could see how after that match they were grooming her to be the champion, and, and it's always fun to watch someone evolve and and grow like that. So yeah, absolutely, she had an awesome year. Nice. Well, yeah, she had an awesome year, enough to be tied with Bianca Belair at number nine, each coming in with five points. All right, let's get to number eight on our list. Um, hey, Bob. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. a star-studded back event. To back, yeah, back-to-back ties, man. Different from last week. This, yeah, definitely different from last week. These... Uh, Number eight, both uh, both picks come in with seven and a half points. Uh, let's go to the first one. This pick got their seven and a half points from being number. Well, they were an honorable mention on Bob's list. They were number 10 on Adam's list, and they were number five on my list. It is Chicago's own CM Punk coming in our first at number eight. Uh, tied with seven and a half points. Um, CM Punk, you know, it, it's he's a lot was made out of um, you know him coming back this year, of course, but just the fact of how he did it, you know, when when um, the rumors were flying that um, he was going to be coming back, when um, that when that. Uh, what's it called? That episode of Rampage where um, he made his debut when they put those tickets on sale without announcing that he was going to be there. That's what people don't remember. They never announced him actually returning. And those tickets sold out like that just off of the the chance that he was going to be there and return. You know, it was a really good chance because everybody was playing coy. Everybody kind of kind of knew that he may have been coming back. That's why the tickets sold out. But up until the end, there were still people who was like, you know what? His music's going to hit and fucking MJF is going to come out. And it's gonna be, that's going to be some shit. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but turns out he comes out. Crowd goes ape shit. And, you know... You, I can't think of another wrestler that gets that kind of response from after being gone for almost a decade. You know, he was gone for seven years, and people were clamoring for him to come back, and then he comes back to that kind of response. You know, of course, it was in Chicago, so you know it was going to be a little bit biased, but it, the the mat the the fact is, it could have been anywhere, and he still would have gotten that kind of response. Um, it was just that the fact that it was in Chicago made it all that much, all that much better, as Bob could attest to, because he was he was there. Um, so, you know, and since he's come back, he's he's undefeated, um, hasn't really been challenging for the top belt yet. But I don't think that's his point. He just wanted to come back, and you know, put a spotlight on a lot of the younger talent, uh, get some guys over. Uh, you know, if he does have a championship run in there, I'm sure it'll come at some point. But I don't think that was the important part of him coming back. Um, you know, he's he's come back. He's still over as hell. He's he's you know, 
up until recently, the top merch uh, mover in AEW, I guess Hook has uh, overtaken him now. Um, so that that's kind of weird. But uh, he's still he's still moving a lot of merch. He's just he's without even really trying all that much. He went from zero to eight hundred in AEW just by showing up. So that's why I thought CM Punk had such a great year. Um, Adam, you had CM Punk at number 10. Uh, what do you have to say about his year? Easily the most feel-good moment of the year, in my opinion, was his return. Uh, just, just the anticipation of the whole thing. And I remember us texting each other, happy uh, CM Punk Day, uh, the day of first dance when he came back. Yeah. We were that sure that it was, it was happening. Um, and we were, you know... That we, you know, we've been doing this show a year now, and you know we've been singing his praises for quite some time, and you know, kind of what if, what if, and it all happened. And I think uh, Bob will attest to being there that it, it was it was worth the wait. It was, it was a tremendous moment. Um, I mean, it was before the man even opened his mouth. I was just the, the, you know, I was watching at home, and 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 I thought the speakers were going to blow out on my TV. Uh, the pop was so loud. So, I mean, made a big splash there. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, he's undefeated so far. And, you know, he's putting on great matches. And the thing I like about him and, you know, uh, Brian Danielson, you know, they both came in about the same time. It's it's not so much about being at the top. It's about just love of the sport and competing and, uh, you know, and, and just doing what they do best and enjoying themselves. And, and you can tell that he is. And, you know, he's he's had some, some great feuds to start out with with Darby Allen. Um, I thought his match with Eddie Kingston at full gear was, was underrated. Um, you know, they just they just played well off each other. The build-up to that was great. And then, you know, very a very psychological match. Uh, and I just loved the, 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 uh, the hatred towards each other that they put out. It was great. Now he's feuding with MJF, watching them go back and forth on the mic. Um, so he's just been a real shot in the arm for the company, and it's it's been a great uh, a great start to his comeback. So, um, again, not as you mentioned, he's not in the title picture, so that's why I didn't have him higher, but but uh, off to a great start. Yeah. How about you, Bob? You had CM Punk as an honorable mention. You also got to uh, imbibe in those uh, CM Punk ice cream bars that's there right. at the first dance. So. Uh, what do you have to say about My daughter's jealous of you that you got one of those ice cream bars. I told her. <laughs> I still have the wrapper somewhere somewhere in this house. My wife wanted yes. to throw it out, and I said, hell no. You keep that here. Um, yeah, that's why I put him on my list. I even wrote here on my list. He gave me free ice cream. Um, and, and Adam barely touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, the 20-minute 20-minute conversation, um, the promo he, he did with uh, MJF, I mean – just those 20 minutes where those two went at it the other day here in Chicago as well. I mean, that was well worth it. That was better than, you know, half the matches I saw that night. Um, like you said, he, he's undefeated. Darby Allen, um, Hobbs, uh, Daniel Garcia, um, Lee Moriarty. You know, he, he is wrestling the younger talent and getting the name out for them because obviously people want to see a CM Punk match, but, you know, the younger talent in the ring, um, they're not squash matches, you know. He 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 lets them shine. Uh, 
QT Marshall, you know, mm-hmm. he wrestled the other day, and Bobby Fish, and, you know, um, Evan Bourne, or Matt Seidel, as they call him, you know, those are still veterans, which shows that he could still go out there with them, but um, just to this day, I'll, I'll put on his debut again uh, when he came out, and I'll still get goosebumps, you know, and, and like you said, yeah, that morning of, I, I, I texted you guys, happy CM Punk Day, but I, I was one of the ones thinking, okay, MJF is going to come out here and just troll the shit out of us, and this is not going to happen. And then when it actually <laughs> saw him, like to this day, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. I watched, I, I have the video recorded on my DVR, but I also have it on my phone. And I'll, and just to be in the crowd and have that recording is just, I showed it to you, Tony, that one time we got together. I was like, look at this. And it's just, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. You know, to be away for seven years and come back and just do that and give me free ice cream definitely has to be on my list. So. Shout out to Mr. Punk. There you go. Well, there you go. At number eight, tied with seven and a half points, CM Punk. And he is tied with uh, this other pick. They got their seven and a half points from being uh, an honorable mention on Bob's list. Uh, Number nine on Adam's list. And they were number six on my list. It is the Young Bucks tied with CM Punk at number eight. With seven and a half points. Uh, yeah. The Jackson boys, man, what can you say about it? They they were, they picked up where they left off last year. They had a stellar 2020, and they had a stellar 2021, man. They had the belts there for a good chunk of the year. Um, you know, they, they went heel and, uh, you know, started, uh, they teamed back up with uh, Kenny Omega doing, uh, you know, and, the super click and you know one and that once adam cole came in that that really uh got things going as well but you know i've loved that transition from them going from you know baby faces to just out now you know ridiculous heels because they are ridiculous heels <laughs> you know those outfits that they uh they come dressed in every week the the nikes um I love that spot that they did in the in the cage match with the Lucha Bros with the 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 sneaker with the with the thumbtacks on it, you know, just all this kind of shit that, you know, I haven't seen out of the Young Bucks in a long time, you know, because it's been a while since the Young Bucks were those kinds of you know was that kind of a heel uh, tag team, and it's cool to see that they still have it in them, um, but yeah, they they had some great matches this year. Um, again, I'm going to mention that, that cage match that they had with, uh, the Lucha brothers at, uh, at all, all out. Um, that was just a great match. Spoiler alert. It's probably going to be on my list next week of, uh, matches of the year. I was just enthralled with that match and they, like I said, what, what else can you say about the young bucks? They're just one of the top tag teams they've been that way for a long time and they solidified it even more so this year um with how they performed and that's why i had them uh in my top 10 um let's see adam you had the young bucks at number uh nine on your list what do you have to say about the jackson boys yeah i agree they're they're great um I don't mean to give this more time than we already have, but the internet wrestling community, anyone who's dumping on them, oh, they're executive VPs and they put themselves over, you know, get, get a life. Really? <laughs> I mean, you don't see any talent in these guys, really? 
I mean, they're they're uh, you know the hockey phrase from Gorilla Monsoon. They're they're tag team specialists. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed them as baby faces, but yeah, the heel stuff has been great. Um, I loved uh, their match with SCU where they broke up SCU and uh, and, and they they parodied Michaels and uh, Ric Flair. I'm sorry I have to do this, and I love you, and then <laughs> super kicked the shit out of Christopher Daniels. That was great. Um, you know, when uh, when they do the flip, the flippy stuff, and then all of a sudden all it is is a back scratch because you're expecting something else. You know, all that stuff is just gold. Um, yeah, love them together with Adam Cole. It'd be interesting to see where that goes. But, uh, yeah, they're just they're, they're such a great team. Um yeah, great matches all around. As you mentioned with the Luchas, I mentioned the SCU match. Um, yeah, just just everybody. Um, and yeah, they uh, they were champions for over half the year, um, and they wore the belts proudly. And I'm sure they'll they'll be in the hunt again uh, going into 2022. They just signed an extension, I believe, for two more years, so um, yeah. they're they're not going anywhere. So. Can't wait to see where where they go next. But again, there'll be great matches and hilarious moments attached to it. And their Twitter is worth looking at too. Yeah, I was just about I was just about to mention their Twitter. I love that. I love how they mock everything. Yeah, they they just troll the uh, the internet wrestling community with. It's uh, wonderful. Yeah, it's. I I love the fucking Bucks, man. How how can you not? Uh, Bob, you had the Bucks in your honorable mentions list. What do you have to say about uh, the Young Bucks this year? Today on their Twitter, they put up a picture of Jeff Hardy, and that's all they did. So now, like again, the community is going nuts because they're like, "Is Jeff is Jeff Hardy coming?" And it's just like they can do that; they can fuck with you. And that's what's so great awesome. about them. <laughs> um, uh, they, I remember one of my favorites is when they roasted um, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, <laughs> I forgot exactly how they roasted it, but exactly they said. But yeah, I mean they they started off, you know, the end the. At the end of last year, they beat uh, FTR for the belts, you know, at full gear. And like Adam said, they held the belts for 302 days. Um, we mentioned, obviously, when they lost it to the to the Lucha Brothers. But, I mean, they they beat Santana Ortiz. Uh, they beat uh, Jericho and MJF at Revolution, which was a good match. Um, the Death Triangle of Pac and Phoenix, they beat. Um, like Adam said, they retired SCU. And they also beat Kingston and Moxley at Double or Nothing. Um, you know, they feuded with the Jurassic Express as well. So just uh, one of my favorite tag teams to watch. Uh, again, the Lucha Brothers were up there, but this team just for the 302 days and the the multiple defenses against some of AEW's best, that's why I had them on my list higher up. So I'm glad we got to talk about the Bucks. Yeah, and there you go. The, the Young Bucks coming in tied with CM Punk at seven and a half points at number eight. All right, let's move to number seven. Number seven comes in with eight points, and he got those eight points from being number nine on my list. And, Bob, you had this wrestler at number five on your list. It is Will Ospreay coming in at number seven with eight points. Uh, Bob, you had Will Ospreay at number five on your list, so let's start with you. Tell us about the year Will Ospreay had. I, I, I talked about him last week. I, I got the pleasure of watching him recently, and the just the dude just flawless in the ring when you watch him. And it's just like the the scary part is he's only twenty eight years old, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and it's just like again the future is bright for Mister Osprey. 
Um, I believe you and I saw him when, when, you know, the Ring of Honor show we went to when New Japan came. I believe you and I saw him that time, too. Yeah, and it was did. just so much, so much fun to see him there. Uh, but this year he started off, um, he he defeated uh, Mr. K- K- I always say K- Kash- Kash- Kazuchika Okada. Um, Kazuchika. It, it, he defeated him. Kazuchka, my bads, my bads. He defeated him and then uh, turned heel on him, def- leaving the uh, the chaos stable. And then from there, he created his own United Empire stable. And that's after that, he just uh, he just took over New Japan Wrestling. He um, he won the New Japan Cup tournament, which is their second most prominent uh, heavyweight tournament cup, which gives him the right to challenge for the title. To which he defeated Mr. Kota Ibushi. Uh, defeated him to become the um, IWGP heavyweight champion. Uh, during that time as well, he's he's British, so he's also the Rev Pro heavyweight champion as well. He won the title over there, so he's um, holding both of those belts. When he defended the IWGP title against uh, Shingo Takachi, he, he hurt his neck, so he was unable to defend the title, so it was vacated. Tagachi ended up beating Ibushi for the title. But then he did uh, the Shawn Michaels to the Razor Moan where he came back and he had the IWGP championship as well. And he said it's still the real title. He never lost it. He has his own version of it. And um, he's pretty much going to defend it um, soon uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. They're saying it's either going to be Mr. Okada again or or, uh, Shingo Tagachi where he's going to defend it. And then recently, like I said, I saw him show up at the Warrior Wrestling Show, and he defeated uh, Trey Miguel to be the Warrior Wrestling Champion. And he'll be defending that title sometime in January when he comes back. So, uh, yeah, he's just so much fun to watch. And just like I said, the, the guy's super young, so the future is bright for Will, Will Ospreay. I uh, definitely look forward to see him in a big-name company one day soon here in the, uh, the United States as well. Yeah, the guy's just breathtaking to watch. You know, he's like so we we saw him early on on that Ring of Honor show. Um, just the shit that he can do in that ring. I, I know he um, he had uh, he had some really cool matches that went viral with uh, Ricochet before Ricochet, Ricochet went over yeah. to WWE. That yeah, they had some mm-hmm. really banger matches between those two. Um, that was kind of <laughs> uh, I remember. That's kind of what. Uh, yeah, the gymnastics match where um somebody who who was it they called it flippy shit. And uh that kind Vader of I think was it was Vader, wasn't it? Yeah, Vader. Yeah. Vader. Yeah, Va- Vader saw the video was like, What is this flippy shit? And like the 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 IWC went nuts after <laughs> that, you know. But um but yeah, that Will Ospreay's been doing it for years. Great wrestler, like you said. Came up big this year, won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, the first British wrestler to ever win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And as you said, too, he's the Revolution Pro Champion, um, having a little bit of a, a belt collector moment himself. Uh, he, he He's just, you know, words can't describe what you see when you see Will Ospreay just dominate a match. You know, he can do things in that ring not many people can do and he really mm-hmm. really takes your breath away and he he put all that to, the, to really good use this year um the match he had with um kota Bushi when he won the championship was a hell of a match 
Um, and like you said, uh, he suffered an injury, couldn't defend the championship. So he, uh, you know, they had to vacate it. But I love what you said. Like you, like you said, it's like this is the real championship. I'm holding on to it. You know, it, it's kind of cool that he's still claiming to be the champ because he never technically lost it. So just plenty of stuff to look forward to when it comes to Will Ospreay in uh, not just uh, Revolution Pro, but uh, New Japan as well. Um, Adam. Yeah, I know you didn't have any. You didn't have Will Ospreay on your uh, on your list. Uh, anything to add, or you? Just, yeah, I, I don't know if you watch a lot of New Japan or not, or, or in the know. But I, I don't. Uh, I, I have heard you guys talk about him, and I've, I've read that he's that he's a great worker. Um, was kind of looking over his resume while you guys were talking, and yeah, he's a great young talent. Uh, I, I'll check out uh, some of his stuff, some of his matches online, and. Yeah, uh, see where the future goes with him as to, as far as you know, if he winds up in a major promotion or not. But uh, yeah, I'll, that's a name I've been hearing a lot this year. Uh, one of the best talents out there. So I'm glad he's on the list. Yeah, and he is on the list at number seven with eight points. It is Will Osprey. All right, let's get to number six on our list. Number six comes in with nine and a half points. And he got the nine and a half points from being an honorable mention on my list. He was number eight on Bob's list. And Adam, you had him at number five. It is Bobby Lashley coming in at number six with nine and a half points. Adam, we'll start with you. You had him at number five. Tell us about the year of Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley uh, was the uh, was the world champion for uh, a lot of the, the year in the WWE and Looking up the stats right now, um, or do I have it written down? <laughs> yes, he was world champion for 196 days, um, head of the Hurt Business stable, um, feuded with Goldberg. Uh, I'm very happy to say beat Goldberg because um, Goldberg shouldn't be wrestling anymore. Um, <laughs> he's a guy, uh, you know. The, the first time around, I, I thought he was a good wrestler, and, and he kind of got lost in the shuffle uh, the first time around, and he got to come back, and uh, now he's dominating. Um, he's got he's got that WWE look to him. He's just he's, he's cut, he's powerful. Um, his promo ability, too, has improved over time. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, that's, that's a guy, you know... It, it's good to see somebody different as champion uh, also, you know, give somebody else the ball to run with for a while. Um, and yeah, he was main eventing um, for the first half of the year quite a bit uh, before he lost the title, the big E. Um, but, but yeah, I think he's one of, I didn't know he was 45 to me. Uh, not that 45 is old, you understand, but um <laughs> But uh, again, it's it's like you know I'm always shouting. Why don't they try somebody new? Why don't they try somebody different? And uh, so uh, Lashley's one of those guys that uh, you know finally got to got his chance. I'm glad uh, they went in another direction. So uh, yeah, mostly for his long title reign. You guys could probably speak to more of his specific matches, but um, due to that long title reign, and uh, I, I I had him. At number five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Bob, how about you? What do you have to say about uh, Bobby Lashley's year? Like Adam said, he had a good year. Um, I was I was happy to uh, see that. I, I think it, we talked about him in the last time we did a, a, a wrestler of the year uh, episode as well. You know, he he started off the year as a U.S. champ, where he beat Apollo Cruz at uh, at Payback, and he held that belt for 175 days before he lost it to Matt Riddle. Um, at the elimination chamber, but then, like Adam said, you know, he he defeated the uh, the Miz for his first WWE title. And that that was just fun because you, I remember his first run, you know, wasn't as great. And my my biggest knock, like on Bobby Lashley, was the dude had the look, he had the ability, but once he talked on the mic, I was like, oh fuck it, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Mister Lashley. <laughs> like his voice didn't match his his his, fa- his frame and his body, but. You know, now he's with the Hurt Business, and, and you know, MVP was doing the, the talking for him. And uh, like Adam said, he's gotten better on the mic, but to, to see that he finally got that championship belt, it was just, it was much deserving. And when he did, he just, he became an unstoppable monster, which is what, how they should have booked him to begin with. You know, he he beat McIntyre at, at WrestleMania. You know, he beated Strowman and McIntyre at Backlash. Uh, McIntyre again at Hell in the Cell. Kofi at Money in the Bank. Your, your boy Goldberg at SummerSlam. Um, and then he ended up losing the, the title to uh, Big E when he cashed it in on Raw after he had beaten Randy Orton. But, um, yeah, it's just he, he recently lost to Goldberg at the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, but I, I just saw recently that uh, Lashley's in the main event for the day one pay-per-view that's coming up pretty soon. Um, so, you know, he's still in the mix for the title. And, uh, again, just uh, like Adam said, it's good to see somebody – Somebody different, somebody new, and like to see them actually booked properly was was really good. I, I hated that they broke up the stable because it was actually a really good stable that they had together with the Hurt Business. But um, MVP and Lashley together are still a lot of fun to, to watch. Yeah, that was one of my most disappointing moments of the year is when they broke up the Hurt Business because it, it it didn't make any sense. Wasn't you know, it was yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't necessary at all and. You know, you had Lashley just turn on uh, Cedric Alexander and uh, and Shelton Benjamin for no reason. Um, it just seems like it was a it was a decision that was made uh, just on the fly. And then I remember uh, not that long ago, those two came out and tried to help um, Lashley in the match, and it looked like they had gotten the hurt business back together. So everybody was jazzed, but then they never did anything with it. So it's and now nobody knows what the hell, uh, you know, Alexander and uh, and and uh, Benjamin are doing anyway. So it's like, make up your minds. You know, that was a hell of a stable, probably the top stable you had at the time you broke them up. Just f- fuck, just leave them alone. But anyway, going back to Lashley, he still had a hell of a year. Like you said, he held the championship for a good portion of the year. Um, I was one of the ones who was convinced that um, McIntyre was going to beat him at WrestleMania because I, I thought they were just setting the stages for him, you know, because McIntyre had uh, held the belt during the pandemic era. And I thought they were kind of going to kind of reward him by having him win the big match in, in front of an actual crowd. That didn't happen. Lashley won the match in a really, pretty good match, actually. And, um, yeah, he, he, he went on from there, just held the belt. All the way up until sub until September, when he lost the belt to Big E, so 
just if you're just talking about pure championship reigns and the length of the year in which he had it, not a lot of people had it more than Lashley. So, yeah, definitely deserves to be on this list. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Bobby Lashley, he uh, definitely deserves his place on our list at nine and a half points. Good enough for number six on our list. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. All right, we're in the top five now. Let's get to number five. Number five comes in with 15 and a half points, and he got the 15 and a half points from being an honorable mention on my list. He was number four on Adam's list, and Bob, you had him at number three. It is your current AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Cowboy Shit, Hangman, Adam Page, coming in at number five. With 15 and a half points. All right, Bob, you had Hangman at number three on your list, so let's start with you. Tell us about the year for Hangman Page. I thought uh, Hangman had a hell of a year. Um, I I know at the beginning, you know, you talked about him and you said he was gone for most of the time, but he did wrestle 21 matches this year. Um, He he was 18-2-1, and the one was still a hell of a match. Um, you know, he, he's one of the main faces of, uh, AEW now, one of the up and coming talents, um, you know, because you had Omega running the roost, you had Moxley, you had Jericho, and, and here's the young, the young guy, uh, coming in and I mean, just cowboy shit is over like crazy. I mean, Adam loves his cowboy shit and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he, he started off the year trying to get recruited by the dark order. Uh, that's how they started. They, they were doing that thing where the Dark Order and both Matt Hardy's stable were trying to uh, to obtain his services. He uh, he beats Matt Hardy at Revolution. Um, you know, has wrestling Brian Cage at Double or Nothing, and then that's when the uh, the feud with Omega and the Bucks starts. And and that's where I, I felt like once he started getting that feud with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, that's when Adam Adam Page took off for me. Um, you know, I, I really like that match that they had where it was the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus the Dark Order and uh, Adam Page where if they won, Page would get the title shot and the Dark Order would get the tag t- titles and everyone's expecting, okay, this is where it's going to happen and it doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite things about AEW is how they, they swerve you. They play with your emotions a lot in that company. And, um, yeah, he took his paternity leave once they lost, and then when he comes back at the casino ladder match, uh, you know, at Dynamite in October, just the huge pop that he got when he came back out, you know, the crowd loved it, and he ends up winning that. So then, yeah, full gear, November, he beats Kenny Omega in a hell of a match. He becomes a new champion, and then his first title defense is, um, you know, Brian Danielson and, we're, that that's <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean, that was one hell of a match. It was so much fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm going to spoil it. That that was my match of the night, or match of the week, you know, match of the month <laughs> for tonight. Um, but yeah, it just uh, <laughs> the future is bright for Mister Hangman Page. I, I really look forward to see who uh, after Daniel Bryan who who challenges him next for the title belt. So I, I really like to see um, where he goes from here. So. That's why I had him high up. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Adam? You had uh, Hangman Page at number four on your list. Yeah. Again, we're you know we'll keep talking about it, but you know it's 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 always great to see the hard work pay off uh, for somebody. Um, the fans obviously were 
were very vocal uh, with their cheers and feeling like it was his time uh, to be champion. Um, and and uh, yeah, he, he's over like crazy right now. Uh, he is underrated in the ring for sure. I think he's he puts on good matches whenever he wrestles. I think the buckshot lariat is a fucking awesome move. And the way Danielson sold those two the other night, oh my word, just amazing. Um, especially yeah. that, especially that last one at the at, at the end of the match. Holy shit! <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I rewound. I rewound it. I was like, wow, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this Bob mentioned he had a great record. Um, you know, all year, uh, rarely got pinned, um, and uh, yeah, he just he just had that momentum. Um, yeah, it's, it's mentioned he had the he took the paternity leave, uh, and, and I wondered at the time. You know, of course, you're going to take off for the birth of your kid. That's a no brainer. But he had so much momentum at that point when he when he left and you're like oh you know like I, I i saw i think it was jim Cornette on his podcast oh he just killed this whole momentum and this that and the other thing and uh then he uh, then he comes back for the ladder match and no he didn't <laughs> everyone remembered everyone everyone was chanting and clamoring for him to be that that joker anyway right so uh jim Cornette was very wrong about that one um and uh yeah he he just the tidal wave just took off and and uh, yeah, he had a great match with Omega at full, full gear to win the title, and he had a great defense this past week. And I think the future's bright. He's one of the most over faces right now, and he he kind of uh, his journey to the top reminds me somewhat of Bret Hart. You know, he he was in tags and uh, worked very hard in the ring and just earned the people's respect. Uh, and so it was a very cool moment to see him win the title. At, at full gear. And again, the one win loss record and, and being the current champion had to put him in my top three. Yeah. Or top mean, five, I, sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, I had a uh, hangman in my honorable mentions. Um, as I mentioned before, a lot of that had to do with the fact, you know, it's not his fault. Of course, you're going to take time off for paternity leave, but because he missed kind of a sizable chunk of the year, that's kind of why he fell a little bit further down my list, but that does not, um, diminish what he did this year. The the long term story that they told uh, between him and you know Omega over the span of that of a year, you know, was just masterful. You know, you don't get long term storytelling like that anymore. And AEW did a really great job of that. Um, you know him, you know the elite turning on him, dropping him. You know, him getting adopted by the Dark Order and, uh, you know, just all of that, just working towards the inevitable showdown between him and Omega and just the way it just they just executed it perfectly, even with him going on paternity leave for those for those months that he was gone. You know, when he came back as the Joker in that casino battle royal or this casino ladder match um, and the pop he got. You know, when, once you saw, you know, the, the, the horses on the video screen and the and the and the, the music going and then the crowd's just like, fuck, yeah, he's back. You know, that was one of the coolest moments of the year. And the fact that it all led to that match between him and uh, and uh, Omega at full gear and him finally um, getting to the top just 
emotional, man. Just just a really emotional moment. Great payoff to a, a long storyline, like I said. And, yeah, just him defending that title, that first defense, like you said, the, the one-hour draw that he had with Brian Danielson, just as much praise as that match has gotten, just fucking great, man. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, – what hangman can do you know if if it's a short reign with the belt whatever but you know or maybe it's a long reign we don't know yet but he's definitely learned he's definitely earned uh his his, his run with the belt so i'm excited to see what he does with it yeah um, I, just, I just wanted to say about the uh the long-term storytelling that you brought up that, that's one thing i really like uh in wrestling it's like it seems to be a dying art like you said you know I think it has to do with the fact that they run four pay-per-views a year, not 12. I really think that the multiple pay-per-views hurts WWE because they're just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next month after month. And when you have the the big shows divided like that, it it gives you more leeway to have that kind of storytelling and that big payoff that you're looking for. I mentioned Bret Hart, you know, same thing. I mean, they built him for years, you know, and the, the payoff, we all know what it was. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe uh, Hangman is AEW's version of the Hitman. We'll see. Well, then so. he'll probably refuse to lose in Virginia. <laughs> they screwed me. Screwed me, the lousy bastards. But, yeah, as it is now. Hangman Page coming in at number five on our list with 15 and a half points. All right, let's get to number four on our list. Number four comes in with 19 points, and he got the 19 points from being number six on Adam's list. And in a great mind, stink-alike moment, he was number four on both my list and Bob's. The American Dragon himself, Brian Danielson, coming in at number four with 19 points. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Tell us about the year that Brian Dan- Brian Danielson had. I was going to let you take this one. Um, what a year! <laughs> what a year for Mister Daniel Brian uh, Brian Danielson. Um, he started the year off in the WWE, and um, he's tag team partners with Otis. <laughs> That's how he started off the year, and uh, he's feuding with Cesaro and Nakamura. Um, he won the number one contenders match at the Elimination Chamber, and that's leading that leads him to the feud with um, you know Mr. Roman Reigns and, and the Bloodline, and um, you know he had a cage match on SmackDown with uh, Jey Uso, which was a fun match to watch. But uh, he ends up losing to Roman at Fastlane. Um, WrestleMania, he gets the uh, the the triple threat match with uh, Edge. And Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And then uh, after that, he puts his career on the line uh, to get the last title shot against Roman Reigns. And again, he loses. Um, And that's when his contract runs out. And you don't know what's going to happen with him. And again, in a wonderful surprise debut at All Out in September, um, again, goosebumps to this day when I think about it you know you hear the music come out and you see him and you're like holy shit he came out to save uh, Christian and the the, the jungle um, Jurassic Express he comes out to save them and uh, you know first match he gets is the uh, Kenny Omega at uh, the Grand Slam and you again a 20 minute time limit draw 
and fantastic match. You know, it's just like I, I saw a stat that um, the first 17 matches that Daniel Bryan has had in AEW are against 17 different people. The last 17 matches he had in the WWE were against, I believe it was either four or seven of the same people. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you. It, it's just great to see so much freshness to his character, but also the people he's wrestling. Uh, like I said, I just mentioned uh, Kenny Omega with the draw, but then uh, Minoru Suzuki um, at the buy-in. He had uh, Bobby Fish, he had uh, Eddie Kingston, um, Miro at full gear was a hell of a match. And then the Kenny Omega gets hurt and, and he has to leave. So now Daniel Bryan turns heel. And I, I absolutely love the heel character. I love, I have till five. Just that alone. Uh, it, it's just amazing what he does. <laughs> and, and then, like I said, we were treated to this amazing title match, uh, one hour draw with uh, Hangman the other day. And um, yeah, I, I keep calling him Daniel Bryan because that's what I'm used to. But Brian Danielson is so much fun to watch. I feel. This, like, what when he had the WrestleMania, um, when he won the first belt with Batista and um, Orton and a triple threat in New Orleans, this is like I feel like the same kind of run that Dan, uh, Brian Danielson's having right now. It's like the excitedness in, in his matches that I see for him. It's just again, he, he's one of the best heels out there right now, and it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, he's like you mentioned, you know. When you take his time with WWE at the start of the year, you know, and then he has the match with uh, Roman Reigns, which was a great match at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was a really good match. Ends up being his last match with the company. And now he's in AEW, like you said. He shows up at uh, at All Out. You were in attendance again at that show. Um, and just... I love that it was a surprise because everybody was thinking that he was going to show up at the uh, the New York show, the one that was at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Mm -hmm. That's what they had him earmarked for for his debut. But he, it turns out mm -hmm. he debuts at the end of All Out right after they they uh, introduced Adam Cole as well. You know, it was just a really cool moment. And I love that you brought up the fact that, you know, he was feuding with Omega Omega gets hurt, so he's out on the shelf for a bit, and then he has to to pivot, and instead of being a, a baby face and uh, going after Kenny Omega, he pivots and becomes a heel and starts feuding with Hangman, and in order to do that, he, he goes heel, and then he starts just decimating the Dark Order one after the other, um, just to, you know, kind of get under Hangman's skin and just be like, hey... You know, I'm the greatest wrestler in the world. I'm coming for your belt. And in order for you to to see that, I'm going to take out your stable one at a time just to show you what I can do. And it just shows you how well-rounded he is as a wrestler because you can, you can love him to death as a baby face, but he's a hell of an effective heel. And, you know, just the year he's had, you know, those two matches, the two draws that he had, the first one with Omega, the 30-minute draw, hell of a fucking match. I didn't think he'd be able to top that one. But goddamn, this last match he had, a 60-minute draw with Hangman. He was able, he, he, just speechless. 
just totally fucking speechless. You know, to, to for him to have both of those matches in one calendar year, hmm. yeah, just fuck, just unspe- un- unheard of. And that's why, you know, I had him so so high on my list. I had him at number four on my list. He definitely deserved it. Um, Adam, you had uh, Danielson at number six on your list. Tell, tell us about what you thought of his year. Yeah, I echo everything you guys just said. Um, the the one thing I, I, that he said that that really stuck with me when he, when he made that debut at All Out, um, no, I, I think it was after the show, but he had he had the mic and he said, "I'm here to fucking wrestle," and that was all I needed to hear. I mean, it's like, well, good because I'm I'm here to watch wrestling. I'm not here to watch sports entertainment. I'm here to watch wrestling and. This guy is a wrestler's wrestler. Uh, I just, you know, we, we talked about our submission moves. Uh, you know, he does the label lock now. Uh, I put my dog in the label lock sometimes just just to have fun with her. And uh, I don't do any other of his moves to her. Um, but <laughs> but the just the stop. match after match, the guy. <laughs> yeah. You don't do yeah. the stop. You don't do the diving headbutt either. No, I, I I don't want to get kicked out of my house. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the house we bought, but um, but yeah, every uh, Bob stat I saw that same stat with the seventeen matches, and uh, again, uh, that's what I was alluding to with CM Punk. These guys are just they're here to wrestle. They're here to have a good time. They're here to entertain the crowd and just put on clinics. And it doesn't matter who you're fighting if it's a championship match to a draw. Or if it's you know some of the guys in the dark order, you know, he has a great match with whoever it is. Uh, the match with Suzuki, another underrated one. Um, the guy just is just a magician in the ring, and love watching him. Um, and what Tony mentioned about the pivot, um, that's key too, because yeah, to me, like when when they did that uh, the night after uh, full gear, I'm like, well, that seems a little abrupt, but. You know, they had to do it for obvious reasons, and uh, he won me over right away. I mean, I'm inspired to do jumping jacks, and I haven't ever been inspired to do jumping jacks because he did a lot during that match with uh, with Hangman. And just, you know, just all the posturing and all the mind games with the crowd. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm loving everything he's doing, and you can tell he's just having a wonderful time, too. It, it, it reflects in, in the work. So, uh yeah, him and Punk just gave the promotion a big shot in the arm, and the fact they're longtime veterans, they've had title runs, and they're willing to share the stage is just an awesome thing. It's all about what's the product that's being put out in the ring, and, and I really respect him for that. Yeah. So there you go. At number four, with 19 points, comes in the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, number four on our list. All right, we're in the top three now. Let's get to number three on our list. Number three comes in with 21 points, and he got the 21 points from being number six on Bob's list. And in another great mind stink alike, me and Adam both had him at number three on our respective lists. It is Big E coming in at number three with 21 points. Yeah, Big E had a fucking great year this year. Um, I know a lot of people... um, were really upset when during the draft they decided to uh, separate the new day. Um, you know, Biggie went over to uh, SmackDown and uh, Kofi and um, and uh, 
and uh, Xavier Woods went over to a Raw, I believe. So, um, yeah, they separated, uh, but they were still New Day in spirit. I, I love the fact that they never uh, did like a old school breakup of the New Day, like where one of them turns heel. Uh, you know, that that f- for the New Day, that just seems wrong. If you're going to break them up and separate them, just separate them. Don't do what everybody is expecting and is kind of like fearing is, you know, making one of those guys heal. Because if there's anybody who's tried and true baby faces right now, it's the New Day. Every member of the of the New Day, as it were. And uh, so Big E uh, is off on his own. And it was cool because, like, even though you hate to see them separated, you know that since they, um, you know, put Big E on his own, that they were going to push him as a singles guy, which is cool because Big E, I think, has earned that right. Um, and this year he made really good use of that of that singles push. He had the IC belt there for, for a while. Um, he, he was feuding with, um, with Apollo Crews. Over the over the IC belt, um, you know they had a really good feud. Apollo Cruz is another guy who I, I'm really a, a pretty big fan of. That, but he's just another guy that they they just don't know what the fuck to do with. But he's really talented, and I think those two had a really good program together. Um, but after he drops the the IC belt to Apollo Cruz, then um, it's apparent that they're pushing him for more because then he wins the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match. And, you know, he's, he got, he has a suitcase and, you know, Big E, when it's time, he's going to cash that thing in. And that's what he did back in September. Um, you know, like, like Bob said, when we were talking about Lashley, Lashley had a, had a banger of a match with uh, Orton. And then right after that, get, that match is over, here comes Big E with the suitcase, cashes it in, ends up winning the belt. And here we are still since September. Big E is still your WWE champion and he is starting to emerge as, you know, a really good representation of what a champion should be, you know, as a face of your, of your company, you know, over on the other end, you have, um, you know, Roman Reigns, of course, is the face of WWE right now. He's a champion over on SmackDown, but with him, with Biggie uh, holding the other belt on Raw, you're starting to see him more out there. You know, he's in commercials. He uh, he um, is at he was uh, at the Tyson Fury uh, boxing match. You know, he's starting to make appearances like that, and, and people love Biggie. He's so charismatic. So you know, like I said, one of the biggest baby faces out there. You can't help but love Big E. And I love the fact that they actually are now just letting him have a run with this belt and see what he can do. And I hope they keep it on him for a while because he is a very good champion. And, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the work that he's doing with it. So that's why I had him at number three on my list. He just had a really great year uh, emerging as a singles guy uh, from the New Day. And just like I said, he's the current champ. What, can you, what more can you say? Um, Adam, you also had a, a Big E at number three on your list. What do you have to say about the year that Big E had? Yeah, I mean, I, I know probably sometimes I feel like a big WWE basher when, I, when I'm when i talking about him, but this is unequivocally the thing they got completely right this year was, uh, was giving him the belt. Uh, 
I remember hearing about it and, and, and being very happy because again, um, you know, you need, you need fresh blood. You need new guys for the fans to get behind. And, and, and I think this, this is, this is a big, big chance, big opportunity. And it's so far so good, as you just mentioned, uh, just uh, very popular, very good in the ring. He's he's got all the ingredients of of uh, someone who could be a name for a long time uh, for the WWE. It's it's time for them to start looking uh, into a new era. And this is one of the guys that can spearhead it. Uh, he's thirty five years old, so he's he's still got a lot of good years in him. And uh, again, I think I, you know I, I think fans really just enjoy sometimes just watching somebody who's part of a stable or part of a tag team like that, just break out on his own and, and, uh, get his chance to, as a single. And, and, and for that whole, you know, coming it all coming full circle, you know, it's, it's, uh, I can't get enough of stuff like that. That's, that's why I'm a wrestling fan. It's just fun to watch these guys get elevated up the card after the years of hard work and, and then see it pay off. And, uh, and so that that was another one of the best feel good stories of the year was was Biggie winning the title and as you mentioned uh, he was an IC champ earlier in the year for over a hundred days and now he's over a hundred days as uh, WWE champion so um, they're really pushing him and I think it's it's a great move that's that's uh, more need to follow uh, to get the the company in the in a really good direction but this is the one they got right uh congratulations to biggie uh doing a great job representing uh as the champion right now yeah bob you had biggie at number six on your list tell us what you think of the year the biggie had i think you said it perfectly when you said that they uh they made him the face of the company and, and he's taken off with it um at first at the beginning of the year, like you said, he was the IC champ, and um, you know he he ended up losing it to uh, to Apollo Cruz at in, at WrestleMania and the the Nigerian drum match, which to this day I still don't know what the fuck that is. But um, a- after that, like he he has multiple rematches against Apollo Cruz, which he kept losing. Uh, he he wins the Money in the Briefcase, Money in the Bank briefcase, like you said. But then after that, he starts the feud with. Uh, Baron Corbin, where Corbin steals the briefcase. So I think they're going to screw him over again. It's just like, man, you finally think he's getting that momentum that you've been wanting this, him to see for such a long time. And then from there, like you said, he finally cashes it in and becomes a champ. And, and he's taken off since then. His only loss is to Roman Reigns uh, at Survivor Series in November where he lost to him. But other than that, he hasn't, he hasn't um, lost the belt or anything like that he still continues to be the face of the company and very well deserving you know you see the hard work that Big E has put in since he first got there um so it's just like adam said a fresh face and a very damn good one to be representing your company right now so huge uh, huge props for Big E on the big year yeah and yeah big year big enough to be in our top three at number three with 21 points it is big e all right, now we're at number two, our penultimate pick, and it comes in with 27 points, and he got the 27 points from being a unanimous number two on all three of our lists. Uh, we are all, of course, talking about the head of the table, the face of WWE, 
Roman Reigns coming in at number two with 27 points. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. You had, like the rest of us, had Roman Reigns at number two on your list. Tell us about the year that he had. He is. He's the face. He's the face of the company right now. Um, you know, he's the Universal Champion on SmackDown, and um, I hit his rain down here. Yeah, he's been the champion all year. I mean, there's only one person I think has had a better year in terms of that uh, wins and losses. You know, the guy doesn't lose. That's uh, all there is to it. Uh, I remember, you know couple of years back people knocking him and um you know complaining that he was being shoved down people's throat and he was vince's guy and you know now he's doing this heel the heel character the tribal chief thing and it's it's it, it fits him like a glove um they really found their footing with that and uh it just seems like again uh they just basically made him unbeatable um you know, we, we mentioned earlier beating Daniel Bryan and Edge at, at WrestleMania. Uh, he's feuding with Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, um, all, Kevin Owens, I think he had a match with. You mentioned he beat Big E at Survivor Series. He's just beaten everybody that's in front of him. Um, and that's, you know, it's very uh, San Martino-esque, you know, just except he's a heel. You know, he just turns away everybody he's he's one of those old school kind of guys in that way where he just you just you never think he's gonna lose the belt um i don't know where it's gonna go with brock lesnar um but uh again i you know the guy is just number one in the company he's the main of these he's their he's their alpha dog um just sheer dominance uh that's that's why he's number two for me i mean who doesn't lose and he keeps the belt all year. You can't ask for a much better year than that. Yeah. I mean, where they struck Pater with Roman, you know, it's what they should have done with them the entire time is when they finally just bit the bullet and turned him heel, you know, him doing this whole head of the table, you know, acknowledge me. I'm your champion. You know, this this is the role he was born to play. You know, he, they kept on trying to get him over as the next John Cena as a baby face. Fans were not having it because he just doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have that demeanor. You know, he doesn't have the the baby face. Oh, root for me kind of thing. This is the role he mm-hmm. was born to play. He's born to he was born to be an alpha male heel fuck you, you can't beat me kind of guy, you know? And it, like you said, Adam, it fits him like a glove. Um, Having, you know, and I love the story that they've been doing with uh, him and uh, Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar, you know, just the kind of like back and forth they've been having, you know, in this program that they've been setting up with with Lesnar. Um, I never thought I'd say that Lesnar worked better as a face with anybody, but he works better as a face against Roman Reigns. That's just how good of a heel that Reigns is. And I, you know, and the fact that he's, um, he's been champ all year, doesn't lose. Like you said, I love the fact that, um, they've built this, uh, big heel stable, um, you know, the bloodline with him and the Usos it's, you know, he set up, he is set up to dominate for the, the foreseeable future. 
And that's exactly what Vince wants. He wants Roman out in front. And this is the way, this is the way to do it. That actually makes sense. And I love that they, it took them a long time, but it finally happened where you have Roman front and center in a way that actually makes sense. So that's why he had, I think he had a really strong year. Uh, Bob, you had him at number two as well. What do you have to say about uh, Roman Reigns' year? I agree. I th- um, the last time we had this uh, this show last year, um, you know, Roman had just came back recently. He he had taken time off because of the pandemic uh, due to his previous um, you know illnesses, but he he had won the championship then. That's when he beat uh, Strowman and Wyatt at Payback in August, and then like you said, he's he's been the champ ever since, and he's defeated the who's who's. You know, the the Daniel Bryan, the Edges, Cesaro, uh, Cena, uh, Finn Balor, even Lesnar at Crown Jewel. And, and like you said, the, the best thing that they did with him is turn him heel. And, and uh, the bloodline stable that he's got going and Paul Heyman being at the, the head of the mic, you know, talking for him is great too. Uh, I'm anxious to see what they do with Lesnar, like like you guys said, because uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but um, he just attacked, um, Roman Reigns just attacked Paul Heyman and fired him uh, this past SmackDown. So, you know, that that's going to move on mm-hmm. to the next thing. So we'll see where, where that storyline goes. But um yeah it's just again the the face of your company and it we never want to bash wwe obviously but this is one of those things where they they said let's turn him heel and they hit a home run on this one and and you know you 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 definitely uh applaud them for what they're doing with him because they're 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 booking him the the proper the way and and you you show by you know being the champ the entire year yeah yeah, so I think I think yeah, at the top they're 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 pretty solid at the top as we just talked about. But yeah, now they need to build some challengers for these guys. Yeah, they definitely do, and we'll see where it goes with Reigns. You know, he like I said, he's he's been on top all year. Let's see if he can stay that way. And he's definitely had a solid year. There was only one person we thought who had a better year than he did, but. Hey, Roman Reigns coming in at number two with 27 points. Hell of a year for him. All right. Well, that brings us to number one on our list. But like we do every week, let's get to our honorable mentions. These mentions are picks that didn't get enough points um, to make the top 10, but they did get enough points to make an honorable mention. Uh, What's different this week when it comes to our honorable mentions, we usually have five of them. Uh, we only have three honorable mentions this week because we had a lot of uh, picks in common, uh, but we also had a lot of picks that were not in common. So uh, these three honorable mentions actually had a solid point total, whereas the rest we had about maybe six or seven other picks that just had uh, half a points because they were um, – uh, honorable mentions on just one of our lists. So instead of having like a eight-way tie at number 14, we're just going to have these three as our honorable mentions. So let's get to our first honorable mention, number 11 on our list. That honorable mention got four points, and he got the four points from being number seven on Bob's list. It is Shingo Takagi coming in at number 11, our first honorable mention. Uh, Bob. You had Shingo Takagi at number seven on your list. So tell us about the year that Shingo Takagi had. 
We talked about him a little bit earlier when we were talking about Will Ospreay. Uh, he's a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón stable. Um, he's the current and longest reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champ. Um, he started the year as the never openweight champion in New Japan. And um, he defeated Jeff Cobb at Wrestle Kingdom, which is like their WrestleMania. So uh, he ended up losing it to uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, he was a runner-up in the New Japan Cup, where he defeated, uh, Kashka, oh, I, I, I fuck up his name every time, but he, he defeated Okada, um, and then after he beat Okada, yeah, Okada, he, uh, yeah. he also beat, uh, you know who I'm talking about, he, he defeated Okada, he defeated, yes. uh, Hiroki Goto, he also defeated, uh, Evil and Kenta before he lost to Osprey in the finals, so that's, uh, a nice who's who list, of people to beat before, um, then the rematch he had with Osprey, that's when Osprey hurt his neck. So he ends up winning the title, um, when it was vacated over Akata to become the new champ. And he's successfully def- defended the champ, uh, championship against, uh, you know, Tanahashi and evil and Zack Sabre jr. As well. And still looks like he's going to be the main event at, uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom in January going up against, um, Will Ospreay unless things change. So he's had a hell of a year and. You know, glad we get to talk about him on the list. All right. Well, there you go. Our first honorable mention with four points, Shingo Takagi. All right, let's get to the, our second honorable mention, number 12 on our list. He comes in with three points, and he got the three points from being number eight on Adam's list. It is Darby Allen coming in with three points, our second honorable mention. Adam, tell us about the year that Darby Allen had. Well, Darby uh, was one of, uh, I want to say, three um, TNT champions this year. Um, he held the title for 186 days. Uh, it, it was very old school in terms of uh, being a fighting champion. It seemed like uh, when he was champion, he would defend the belt almost every week. Uh, he defended against guys like Brian Cage, Scorpio Sky, Jungle Boy, um Matt Hardy, to name a few. Uh, you know, again, just the fighting champion, put on great matches, also teamed up with Sting quite a bit. Uh, the tag matches, so it was fun to see them together. Um, well, I think he also had a match with uh, Ethan Page. Finally, he lost the belt to Miro, but uh, yeah, he was, he was TNT champion of a good chunk of the year. Had a great match with CM Punk for Punk's return match. That was Punk's uh, hand-picked opponent. Uh, and uh, had a good ma- also losing effort against MJF. Um, it, uh, it full gear, but uh, yeah, he always puts on great matches. He's I, I kind of call him a, a, a small version of Mick Foley. He takes those crazy-ass bumps, uh, and I just you know go like this when he throws himself down the stairs or gets slammed on the... Uh, the ring apron or the stairs, um, you know, but he's very over also with the fans and, uh, yeah, uh, he got a big win over Billy Gunn, uh, of course too. So our, our boy here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I put him on for the long TNT title run. One of the top faces in the company, one of the four pillars as uh, MJF talks about, uh, and as long as, uh, he can keep his body in one piece, he's got a good future ahead of him. All right, well, there you go. Our second honorable mention with three points, Darby Allen. All right, 
And our last honorable mention of the night, number 13 on our list, comes in with one and a half points. And they got the one and a half points from being uh, number 10 on my list and one of Bob's honorable mentions. It is FTR coming in as our last honorable mention with one and a half points. I can't sing the praises of FTR enough. I love them when they were, you know, in NXT. uh, And I love them now that when they are in AEW, uh, they're just such a great tag team. Um, You know, they, they had a a hell of a year as well. Um, Not, you know, they, they weren't like, you know, in the realm of like, as far as title wise goes, you know, like the Bucks or, or the Lucha Brothers, but still, they had a really great year. They, um, they ended up uh, winning the, uh, the AAA tag team uh, belts this uh, this year as Los Superanas. Uh, they they were uh, under some masks uh, against the Lucha Brothers there. And then, um, yeah, I, they still have those. They still have those belts, don't they? The uh-huh. the triple A belts. Um, and like I said, as of just recently, they've been uh, in a Twitter war with the Briscoes, and it looks like they're going to be the uh, the gateway to the Briscoe brothers coming over into AEW. Um, yeah, just there's there's nothing but good things i have to say about ftr like i said a ton of times on this show they are my favorite tag team out there going right now they had a really solid year um and that's why i had them at number 10 on my list uh bob you had ftr as an honorable mention what do you have to say about the the year in wrestling that ftr had they're just so much fun to watch um I mean, they to me, as, especially when you when you think of old school tag teams. Uh, Adam mentioned earlier the Bucks. When you think they're going to do like this high flying movement, they come in and do a you know a back a back rake and stuff like that. FTR. I, I showed you guys a video a while back where this guy comes in and does the hot tag, and he thinks he's about to clear the ro- the ring against FTR, and they just lay on the ground and they won't get up, and he doesn't know what the hell to do, and then he turns around, and they both get up and beat the <laughs> shit out of him at the same time. Um, you know, they're just classic heel tag teams. They're so much fun. Telly Blanchard in their corner is, is great. Um, like you said, they, they feuded with uh, Santana and Ortiz, and they feuded with uh, the Inner Circle. The Blood and Guts cage match that they were a part of was so much fun to watch them. And then, yeah, yeah Los Superanas, when they defeated the Lucha Brothers, won the titles there. Um, just... So much fun to watch. I mean, uh, like most of the times, whenever you think of uh, a, like a, a tag team or a, uh, a th- you know three man tag, uh, they're always at the, at, at the top of the list. They're always headlining or you know rampage or dynamite. They're all they're at the top of the show. So um, great year for for FTR. Yeah, and great enough to come in as our third honorable mention with one and a half points. FTR. All right. Well, that brings us to our number one pick, gentlemen. And our number one pick comes in at 30 points. And he got the 30 points because he was the unanimous number one pick between all three of us. Whether you call him the cleaner, whether you call him the belt collector, whatever you want to call him, he had the best year, hands down, of any wrestler in 2021. 
Of course, we're talking about Kenny Omega coming in at number one with 30 points. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Tell us about the year that, like no other had, with Kenny Omega. Yeah, he, um, again, I mentioned Bianca Bella earlier. She was number one in the PWI. This time for the men, they did the PWI 500. Kenny Omega was number one and well-deserving. Um, winter is coming. Uh, last year, December, is when he beat Moxley for the title. That's when he turned heel, and he aligned himself with Adam's friend Don Callis. And um, from there, he just started the uh, that wonderful yeah. belt collector gimmick um, where he was just picking up title after title after title. Um, soon after he won the AEW heavyweight title, he defeated the Laredo Kid at Triple A, um, tri- uh, Triple Mania. Uh, that was in December as well, and he, he won that. Um, started off the year, I mentioned earlier, he had a match with Ray Phoenix on Dynamite, which was a stellar match. Um, then all of a sudden he shows up at Impact. And when he shows up at Impact Wrestling, he gets uh, starts feuding with Rich Swan. He He ends up winning their title. So now, you know, he's got AAA's title, he's got Impact's title, he's got AEW's title, and, um, you know, defends the title against Moxley in the exploding barbed wire uh, death match of doom <laughs> fiasco that they had there. Uh, but again, you know, he, he's still beating Swan at Rebellion, like I said. Um, he, he's de- he defeated Orange Cassidy and Pac at Double or Nothing. Uh, the following week, he defends the Impact belt against Moose, and he beats him there. Uh, he had Jungle Boy at, um, the following week after that, and then he beats Sammy Callahan in a no-DQ match in Impact Slammiversary, so he's, he's a defending champ, uh, he's constantly wrestling all over the place, and, um, you know, he ended up losing the Impact title to Christian on Rampage back in August, but then the very next day after he loses that belt, he goes and defends the AAA belt against Andrade, uh, in Mexico, and, uh, he defeats Christian at All Out. Then after he beats Christian at All Out, he has the, uh, the the time limit draw with uh, Brian Danielson, and you know he he finally wraps it up and decides to go take care of himself. Finally, uh, you know after losing to uh, Adam Page at Full Gear, loses the title. He vacates the Triple A title um, just because you know he he's got multiple injuries and needs to have surgery for multiple things. But to be able to do the amazing matches that he was having. And know that he, afterwards, like Adam mentioned in the past, you know, the guy was hurt doing all these amazing matches. It's just, it's super impressive. And um, I don't think anyone had a better year than Kenny Omega. So I'm glad he's definitely number one on our list. Yeah, I have to double down on that. He just, the amount of work he did, the amount of traveling and, you know, just winning all these belts from all these different promotions, which... I had I I can't can't honestly remember the last time I saw a guy who was AEW champion, uh, AAA champion, and uh, Impact champion all at the same fucking time. You know, a guy who held three major belts from three major organizations all at the same time. I never seen that. And then when, like you said, when it comes out later that you know not only was he doing all this, he was doing it hurt. He was doing it, you know, with a neck injury that was causing him to have vertigo in the middle of matches, you know, and it was, you know, after that comes out, after his loss to uh, to Hangman at uh, Full Gear, 
and all this starts coming out how hurt he is and how you know finally now that he doesn't have the belt anymore um that he's just going to take the time to go and take care of himself and get these surgeries that he sorely needs that you know to have that kind of year an, a year to be number one on our list all three of us agree he was the best wrestler that year and to do it while that hurt that just you know just reinforces how great of a year he had and you know of course yet you know because of the injury he had to uh he had to get he had to vacate the triple a championship so you know he's he's no longer kick you know he collected all those belts throughout the year but now unfortunately he doesn't have any of them anymore but when kenny omega gets back man it's going to be cool it's going to be I'd, I'd love to see what what happens in store when we get a fully healthy, fully restored Kenny Omega back in wrestling. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, Adam, you had Kenny Omega also as your number one pick this year. What do you have to say about the year he had? Yeah, uh, he was my number one for the second year in a row. Um, But yeah, this year was just incredible from everything you guys just mentioned, all the accolades, the number one in the PWI 500 uh, champion simultaneously in three different promotions um just again match after match uh while injured um you know i can only think of one guy who who works so well through injuries or worked so well through injuries sean michaels and and him um that's what it reminds me of just uh, you know 80 70 60 percent and the guy's still out working everybody that's just that's just pure talent uh, right there it's just it's mind-blowing um so it was it was a slam dunk no-brainer for me um i love them as a heel um but i do have the feeling uh when he does get back i don't know how long he'll be on the shelf i think it's going to be a kind of a triple h situation uh when triple h pulled his quad all those years ago and everyone was so thrilled to see him back i think it's going to be maybe not at first but you know they might try to continue him is leading the elite, but I think he's going to be over as the face when he comes back, just because the fans are going to miss him that much. Um, well, it's funny you say that because I think before he left, I think they were kind of planting the seeds of yeah, a, I, of a rivalry right. between him and Adam Cole. Yeah, uh, as far as the leader of the elite, so that's going to be that's going to be cool when he comes well, that, back. That, yeah. That's a good that's a good jumping off point, but yeah, I hope he he gets uh, he gets the rest he needs and heals up his injuries and uh you know i, I don't know how long he'll be out but uh yeah uh, just a great year three uh three that's old school talk about old school uh having belts and multiple promotions that that's the 70s right there and uh <laughs> he kind of looks like uh a relic from the 70s when he comes out so nothing but nothing but praise for him just one of the best in the game yeah, and it's unanimous. All three of us thought he had the best year of any wrestler in 2021. Kenny Omega coming in at number one with 30 points. Do you think All he'll come right. back to the Triple H uh, YouTube music as well? The beautiful day. <laughs> I hope they not. need to do the, the beautiful day montages. Yeah, with no. him getting his knee worked on and screaming and, and, and pain and you know mm-hmm. only, and stuff. no I, I think he has to come yeah he has to come back to, to uh my sacrifice you know by creed 
Remember when they were doing that shit? <laughs> I, 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 I think you should do a lover boy montage. He's Canadian, aren't they? You know, it's <laughs> Canadian rock or Brian Adams or. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows the uplifting anthem that is working for the weekend. <laughs> or the, the heat of the night, you know. <laughs> they can show like a Rocky-esque montage to, to cuts like a knife by Brian Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hope oh, TK is listening. Christ. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, number one on our list. Kenny Omega with thirty points, a unanimous number one. All right, yeah, that was our list, our top ten list of the top ten wrestlers of twenty twenty one. Like we do every week, let's recap our list. At number ten, coming in with four and a half points, we had the Lucha Brothers. At number nine, we had a tie, both picks coming in at five points with Bianca Belair and Britt Baker. We had another tie at number eight, uh, each pick coming in with seven and a half points, and that tie was between CM Punk and the Young Bucks. At number seven, with eight points, is Will Ospreay. At number six, with nine and a half points, we had Bobby Lashley. At number five, with 15 and a half points, we had Hangman Page. At number four, with 19 points, we had Brian Danielson. At number three, with 21 points, we had Big E. At number two, with 27 points, a unanimous number two on all three of our lists, we have Roman Reigns. And like we just mentioned, at number one, a unanimous number one with 30 points, we had Kenny Omega. All right, so that's the list, boys. Uh, Bob, let's start with you. Do you think this top ten was a fair representation of the best wrestlers of 2021? I was hoping we'd get to go over the uh, the 20 people we had as honorable mentions um, that were tied with point <laughs> well, five we can, points. We can mention some of them. <laughs> no. Um, no, I think, I think it was a really good list. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> I think it was a really good list. Um, you know, obviously it, it was easy when we I first thought about this list. You know, Omega and, and Roman Reigns at the top, but after that, um, it was uh, kind of difficult to sort and put people. You know, because everyone has different opinions with it. But the way it panned out, I think you know, looking back at it, you know, Big E, Daniel Bryan, um, Adam Page, it, it came out really good. I was very happy with the way it came out. So, fun topic, sir. Yeah. How about you, Adam? You think this is a fair representation of the top 10 of the year? You just ran the list down again, and I'm listening. I'm like, man, that'd be a hell of a card, all those folks on, on one show. Yeah. So I think that's the mark of a good top 10 list when you're doing a topic like this is, you know, if these guys were, and girls were all on uh, on the on the show, uh, would you buy the pay-per-view? That's, that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of good ground here. Yeah. Well, there we go. I hope you guys enjoyed our top 10 wrestlers of the year. And uh, yeah, if you have any uh, opinions or differences with us, you can always voice it to us on our Facebook fan page. Just look up Enhancement Talent, leave it there, or you can email us, whatever. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments or, you know, your own personal list for top wrestlers of the year. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'd love to hear those. Yeah, just reach out to us and uh, we'll, we'll give you our input for your own lists. 
All right. Well, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. But before we leave, like we do every week, let's give you our match of the week picks. Um, These are matches that we suggest for you guys to watch in the meantime, in between time before our next match or before our next show, as it were. Sorry, not match. Um, Let's start with Bob. Bob, what is your match of the week this week? I mentioned it earlier. It was uh, winners coming, the one-hour time limit draw between Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, uh, and Hangman Page for the AEW Heavyweight Title. Um, from start to finish, it was just—I was surprised it was the first match. Um, you know, when I, I texted you guys, like, "Holy shit, they're starting off with these guys!" And as it continued to go on and on and on, I was just like, "Oh shit, they're gonna go an hour!" And, and you know, because I thought about mm-hmm. it, I was like, "Well, is Bryan gonna lose?" Is Hangman going to lose? How is there going to be outside interference? What's going to happen? But as it kept going on, I was like, oh, shit, they, they really are going to go an hour. And, and it was definitely well worth it. And the, the fact that many of their peers, uh, you sent me the message that Ric Flair wrote about that and uh, other wrestlers itself come out and say, hey, you know, that was a hell of a match. That's you know, very well deserving. So great for them. Yeah. And I'm going to circle back, um, you know, my my match of the week last week was in advance of it happening because it hadn't <laughs> happened yet. It was going to be uh, Hangman versus uh, D- Brian Danielson, and after watching it, it's my it's my pick again. <laughs> now that it has happened, you know a one out you know a one hour Broadway. You don't see those anymore, and like you said, you know the the high praise that was heaped on it from Ric Flair, um, shit. Arn Anderson came out on and said that. It was the best match he's seen in 25 years. And when you have somebody like Arn Anderson saying that, Jesus Christ, you know he did something right. So, yeah, if you're a fan of the art of professional wrestling, do yourself a favor, watch that match. Because, you know, like I said, if you if you think our draws are boring, then pro wrestling is not for you, man. Just watch this match. This is pro wrestling done right and yeah i can't heap enough praise on it um adam how about you what's your what's your match of the week this week well is this is the room on the train yep okay then i will jump on the (laughs) tugboat (laughs) or room on the tugboat um yeah yeah, i'm i'm gonna jump on um i agree again what's so great is again you know, we were talking at the top of the show, internet wrestling community and all the negativity that gets spewed back and forth. You know, I've, I've seen some some uh, posters with common sense that say, you know what, if, if, if you don't like long matches, don't fucking watch AEW. Yeah. Just stick with WWE. If, if you like what they're doing, stick with it. No harm, no foul. And, it, you know, I, I, I'm watching because of, like you said, Pro wrestling is an art form, and it's it's a pleasure to watch guys go that long and and keep you captivated for that long, especially in today's climate where attention spans are are ridiculously short. Um, you know th- th- that's what these matches are for, and 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 you know I guess when I was a younger wrestling fan, like WCW, do a lot of draws. They make oh that's lame. There's no winner or loser. But now that I'm older and wiser, you know. It doesn't hurt either guy to lose. You know, you can continue the program longer 
when you have the draw. You don't make Danielson, oh, he's one and done. You know, he's never going to challenge again because he lost the one match. You know, and then they told the great story with Paige, too. You know, Danielson threw everything he had at him for an hour, and he and he took all of it and and uh, couldn't pin him. So, again, it, it builds the characters. It builds the intrigue. Uh, and, again, yeah, it just that's what it's all about. That's that's why we do this show and why we've been into it for all our lives, stuff like this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board yeah. the, uh, the train. Yeah. And like I said, that's a lot of what I really, really dig when it comes to AEW is just the old schoolness of having the balls to put a one hour draw back on television. Cause you haven't seen that shit since like, late 80s WCW really you know so it's just to see that kind of stuff brought back and for fans to really appreciate it is really cool so yeah again yeah. it guarantees you another match between these two that's what it does that's how I felt mm-hmm. when Omega and, and Danielson had to draw too it's like you know I remember people being shocked and oh how could you not have a winner and I'm like you're gonna see him go again and again yeah, and you'll be happy about it. Yeah, it seems like, like I said, with Omega being out with injury, their initial plan was for uh, Danielson to feud with Omega. But now, like I said, since Omega's out, now they have they've had to pivot, and not only did they pivot, they won upped the the draw that he had with Omega from a half hour to an hour. So it's like. I just want to see where this is going, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm reeled in, you know, I'm there for the journey. If, if more matches are going to be like that one hour draw, fuck it. I'm in. So yeah, there we go. That's our unanimous. We had a unanimous number two and a unanimous number one and a unanimous match of the week pick. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened, but you know, uh, yeah, that's right. Great minds do think alike. So, yeah, there we go. Our match of the week pick this week, the the one-hour draw between Hangman and Brian Danielson from uh, the Winners is Coming special of AEW Dynamite this past week. All right. Well, that's the, the show for this week. I want to thank you guys again for listening. Like I mentioned just before, we want to hear from you guys. If you want to get a hold of us, you could do it one of two ways. Uh, you can email us. Our email address is enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Again, that's enhancementtalent316 at gmail.com. Or you can get on our Facebook fan page. Just look us up on Facebook and um, hit the join button. All three of us are admins. We will see what you guys post. Like I said, any feedback, especially from a list like this, which is a, a, a top 10 of a year in review kind of thing. We, we want to hear what opinions you guys have, and we'll read them on the air once we get them. So looking forward to it. Like I said, we this is uh, one of two for the year end uh, shows this these uh, next couple weeks. We did top 10 wrestlers this week, and next week we will give you guys our top 10 matches of the year as well. So Stay tuned for that. So, for the Warsaw Blonde himself, Adam Kolovic, and for the other half of the fabulous Lopez Cousins, Dr. Bob Lopez, 
I am Tony Lopez. We will talk to you guys again next week. Have a safe and happy and Merry Christmas. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Good night.